Is one-on-one outreach a good thing? Is it a waste of your precious time? We work hard to find ways around the tedious tasks, and many founders find other people to do the grunt work for them. I mean, that's the point, right? But if feeling like the big boss is more important to you than meaningfully connecting with those that can help you make more money, I wonder, what does doing business really mean to you? Welcome back to Why Are We Shouting? With me, Jill Salzman, here to help entrepreneurs get down to business. I want to talk to you about small business blunders, ways that entrepreneurs shine, and valuable lessons about growing your biz. This week, we're going to focus on -on one-on-one outreach. It's no fun. It feels like a giant waste of time. And yet, avoiding it or ignoring it could be the reason that you don't feel like you're getting anywhere. If I told you that I still spend time reaching out to places one by one, would you believe me? Over the years, I've added team members to help me build my business. We've automated so many of our tasks. We've systematized all of our content creation. With all that we've built up, you'd think that we've aimed to keep ourselves far removed from one-on-one interactions, since that kind of outreach is the most tedious, time-consuming stuff that makes pretty much everyone's skin crawl. But au contraire, mon frère, turns out, It's the stuff that makes us the most money. What? I tried so hard to remove it from the long list of job responsibilities. I even took a few years off from doing that kind of outreach. And I've circled back to it because it's a necessity. Let me tell you a little bit about my love of co-working spaces. I love co-working spaces. If I'm an entrepreneur trying to market and sell my new product to get my startup off the ground, I could work from home, I could rent a small office, or there's a third option. And if it takes a village to raise a child, maybe it takes a co-working space to grow a startup. You can see why it's appealing. I have my morning cup of coffee ready for me when I walk in the door. I'm part of a community that helps serve my needs. I can serendipitously bump into my PR agency, meet my graphic designer through referral, and meet my web developer by sitting right next to him. I've worked out of a handful of them in the Chicago area. I visited them in cities around the world, from the States to Canada to Costa Rica. I've keynoted co-working conferences. There's not much you could tell me about the industry that I don't already know, and I'm deeply grateful to the owners who launch their spaces. They're the greatest compliment to the working founder that understands that we can't build our businesses by ourselves and we also can't afford giant corporate spaces. Since my love for them is deep, I find no better place for us to host our founding exchanges, our twice-monthly masterminds at the Founding Moms, than the inside of co-working spaces. It just makes so much sense. We need to host meetings inside of places that are not our members' homes. We need relaxed atmospheres, not the stuffy corporate meeting rooms that hotels provide. We want to surround ourselves with people who understand the working woman, which is why restaurants and coffee shops often prove to be bad spots for us. We're interrupted by the sounds of frothing milk and screaming baristas, and we interrupt them with the sounds of our loud laughter that punctuates our deeper discussions when we congregate. We also desire to meet in spaces where we can bring our community. And most co-working spaces consider themselves to be hubs of different communities. Some are for tech folks. 
Others are for small business owners. Yet others are maker spaces where folks can use tools to create physical things. When we partner with any of these spaces, it's like bringing our community inside of their community, making it a love fest of the highest order. After years of hosting our founding exchanges in different cities, from New York to Dallas to San Francisco to Monterey, Mexico and Adelaide, Australia, I thought we were good to go. I didn't need to do any more one-on-one outreach. The spaces knew we were looking to house our meetings inside of them. We also had a bit of word of mouth going on since co-working space owners talk to one another pretty frequently. It's yet another kind of community within a community. Is this episode meta enough for you yet? Here's the important part. I thought, maybe like you do, that at a certain point, you can leave one-on-one outreach behind. That's for the starting out folks to do. When you reach a certain number of years in business or a certain monthly income, or, 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 insert your rationalization of choice, that you can give up all the most tedious tasks and move on to, quote, unquote, more important tasks. No one told me that this was an illusion, that one-on-one outreach is the best way to entice folks to work with you, that it's the best way to make sure that you can keep your finger on the pulse of what that potential partner is seeking, what questions they might have, and what you need to continue to improve on your end. I spent three years skipping my outreach to reach co-working spaces. Coupled with this assumption that you can outgrow this basic methodology, I also spent some time sending out emails that didn't work. For about six months, I pitched spaces with a very short, hey, want a partner? email. As is to be expected, it got very little response. I didn't examine what it was about my emails that failed me. I jumped to the conclusion that co-working spaces were no longer interested in us. So I started to convince myself that they were, on the whole, uninterested in us. It wasn't working, I told myself, and I moved on to brainstorm other ideas with my team about where we could launch our founding exchanges. It wasn't until a phone conversation, a one-on-one phone conversation, with a new connection who said to me, why don't you reach out to co-working spaces? That I laughed, threw my head back, and thought, oh, you poor little thing. But when I hung up with her, I figured I'd give it a try again. It had been a while. This time, I crafted a much more involved email. I actually used the space owner's name in my greeting. I made it as personalized as possible for each email and sent them out to 10 spaces. I got nine replies. It worked. I even hopped on the phone with the space owners to find out what their needs were this time, how I could help them grow, and shared with them how they could help us grow. You can't make one-on-one interactions more efficient, and there's the rub. Those of us who work so hard to move above and beyond all of the tedious transactions that we do at the beginning of our launches, well, you can't get past those. Those are the stuff of business. And here I thought I could whittle one-on-one interactions down to very, very short emails, skipping the phone calls, and making sure that folks knew I barely had any interest in them. But of course, if it was systematized, that magic word again, it would work. Well, it didn't. The moral of my story is, doing thoughtful, personalized one-on-one outreach is age-old, and it still works. It always will. You can decide to hand it off to a virtual assistant, 
or your employees or an outside team that can surely handle it for you. But no one knows your business like you do. You can write it off as a menial task meant for someone less important than you. But then where does that leave you? Wait, let let me answer that for you. It leaves you wondering where business is and why things aren't working like they used to. I don't recommend making this one more efficient. I don't recommend writing off all of the tedious emails and phone calls that are going to make you more money. Whether you're a service-based business or a product-based business, it behooves you to go ahead and really dig into the one-on-one outreach. The other tedious tasks that make you roll your eyes, hand those things off to the VAs and the employees. This one, it's worth your time. You don't call, you don't write, just do both. Call or text me at 708-872-7878 or go to jillsalzman.com slash podcast to record a message so that I can talk to you in a future episode. You can also go to ratethispodcast.com slash why are we shouting and leave a review. It helps other listeners discover my ridiculous stories so that they can build better businesses. Shout out to Amanda, Lindsay, and Aaron for making this podcast with me. And thanks to you for listening. I'll see you next week.